I want to kick off with some scripture this morning. And it just says this, it says, uh, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. It says, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and everybody in the Daniel fast, self-control. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I have had a little bit of a hiccup stumble. Yeah, Father, forgive me for I have sinned. I was tempted with a Magnum ice cream, okay? So please, 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 you know, like, okay, I see those hands. Wow, I'm not the only one. Anyway, you know, there's always God's mercies, grace, and you every day. Just pick yourself back up, get back on the fast, and off we go again. I shouldn't tell you about my sins. That's terrible. But you know, we're in a safe place. It's a church. You should be able to confess. If anything you can confess, it should be here in this place, hey? Amen? This should be the house of God where we can freely come in all that mess and all, our flaws and all, and go, okay, go on, take my mess, make it something beautiful. That is church. That is church. Let's go to the next scripture. For the, uh, the Lord is the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Here's a good question. Why is it that we just don't live like this? I don't know about you, but I'm on the motorway a lot. I don't have self-control. <laughs> Definitely not always got the grace of love. And some things that come out of my mouth are definitely not kindness. And I just kind of like, why? Why do we struggle like this? Here's, here's this thought. Have you ever woken up and gone, God, just get me through this day. Just get me to the end of this day. I don't know about you, but I've had these moments. Recently, you know, and you wake up and you're like... I'm here to bring hope. It's okay. Just trust me. We're going on a journey this morning. <laughs> but I kind of feel if I can share my journey, maybe it might help you share yours. And so there's days I wake up like the rest of us and go, oh God, can you just get me through today? Can you get me through today? And then by the end of the week, you're like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm alive. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not drowning, really. I'm good. And we grapple with this scripture, don't we, about the fruits of the Holy Spirit, and yet come Monday, oh God, just get me through today. Just help me make it back to Sunday. Just help me one more time. Maybe that's not you, but maybe this is your picture. This picture that actually is like, God, you've given me a promise. You've given me a dream. But I'm in the middle. And I don't know if the answer is on the, over that horizon. I'm not even sure if the answer is tomorrow, next week. Like as a church, we've got a real need for a building. And I just need you all to join with us. Join our faith and let's believe God's going to do something miraculous over this fast. Let's believe it. We need breakthrough. But you know the prophetic words, they came in 2016. And sometimes we get tempted to help God out, don't we? I don't know about you, your promise. I've got promises that have been declared in my life and I'm holding on to them. I know they're from God. I know God's got this. But I've got to be honest, I go through those moments like we all do and waver. Oh God, maybe, maybe I just need to work a bit harder. Maybe I just need to help you out, God. And the danger is we're wrestling in the back of our mind with Oh, but I know I want an Isaac, not an Ishmael. I want something that comes with the blessing, 
not something that's going to be a thorn in my family for the rest of my life. Yeah, wow. And it brings us back to we've got to be spirit-led. We've got to be led by the Holy Spirit. You've got to be hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit and, and hearing through God's Word. And I just think if there's a person that I know in my world who is probably amplifies this, and she's not here today, so I feel like I could kind of just mention this, but Pastor Helen, seriously, I don't know about you, Every time I'm around her, I feel like I've been hanging out with the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and I just think, if you listen to Pastor Helen's language, she's always talking about praying. She's always just talking about pressing into God through prayer. She's just talking about hearing God's voice when she prays. And she talks about reading the Word and how God's Word comes alive to her and speaks. And if you want a relationship with the Holy Spirit, it's just like a normal relationship. I've been married to Kelly for over 25 years. 25 years in, you've still got to work at a relationship. You've still got to sit down across the table and have conversations. You've still got to have you know, connection and community and, and, and just discussion. Just because we can live in the same house together doesn't mean we always know what each other's thinking. Or, but it only happens out of relationship and out of communication. So this morning, I thought it'd be really good to look at this guy called Peter. Now, um, he probably looked a little bit like this uh, actor from the Bible series, and, uh, but it helps for all the visual people in the room. It helps you kind of get an understanding. We're going to talk about this guy called Peter, became Apostle Peter. And I just think Peter's probably one of the guys in the Bible I personally can connect and relate so well to. He's the guy who was just like, he was just like the working class man. He was in the family business. But he, had his, he wore his like, emotions, his heart out on his sleeve. I'm sure he cried just as much as I do. And, uh, but you kind of knew where you stood with Peter, didn't you? And he was a guy who was a hard worker. He was the family guy. But he was the guy who didn't hold back if he had a thought or opinion. And he often jumped in. And I just think, you know, and all his failings are written in the scriptures for us to read about. And then you get to 1 Peter and 2 Peter, and you just read of this giant in the faith. And I thought we'd just look at his life. See, when, um, let's go right back to the, let's just quickly track through the story of Peter and have a quick look at his life. See, Peter was just, a, he was a fisherman. He's an ordinary bloke. And he was out there just doing what he does every day. Same thing. Get in the boat, go out to sea, cast the nets, catch fish, come home, clean up the fish, sell the fish, clean up the nets, eat, go to bed, sleep, get up the next day, do it at 10. It's pretty much like all of us. Most of our worlds have a lot of routine and a lot of mundane to them. And one day Jesus comes along and Jesus essentially gets to the shores of Galilee and bumps into Peter and says, he essentially says this. He said, are you tired of life being a living hell? I can show you how to bring heaven to earth. Come follow me. What an invitation. I don't know about you, I bump into people all the time who's like this picture. My life's just like a living hell. My life has got confusion. My life isn't what I thought it was. I chased after the dream, but I only found it was empty and hollow. I've got no purpose, no meaning. I, I, I was with 40,000 people Friday night in a small little concert. And I gotta be honest, my generation was probably the biggest embarrassment. Seriously. Like, we're terrible. 
Not you guys in the room though, of course. And not you listening on live stream. Or you in Tauranga. But, like they're preloading on the train. So selfish, inconsiderate. It was just a big eye-opener to where our world is at. And I just thought, man, how many people are like this? And, and Jesus says, come on, you can bring heaven to earth. That's a bit of a corny picture, but it's the best I can come up with. <laughs> how do you describe heaven on earth? I don't know, food? <laughs> a banquet right now? I don't know. McDonald's? KFC? Anyway, let's move on, because we're in the fast. And sometimes God calls us to have childlike faith, doesn't he? Just trust me. Just trust me on this journey. Come follow me. And so there's Jesus and a bunch of disciples. And uh, it's not a real photo for those who are new to church. <laughs> it's from the Bible series. <laughs> That's the best I can do. And Jesus just says, hey, come follow me. And I'll show you how to bring heaven to earth. And so Peter's just his character. And I thought all the, all the people who like graphs, there's a few people out there who like graphs in the world, all the... Accountants in the room love graphs. Some of the teachers in the room like graphs, or graphs, however you want to say. I'm Australian, I apologize in advance for all the words, advance for all the words I say wrong. Even right there, oh my goodness. Let's not do this. You're just gonna have to put up with the accent occasionally. And even nurses, because they read those charts. So let's look at the life of Peter. I kind of mapped it a little bit like this. I, back at one is where Peter's just minding his own business fishing. And then he encounters Jesus. And then Jesus says, come follow me. And then Jesus shows him all these crazy miracles, so his, his faith starts to rocket up. And then we get to around number three, and Jesus sends the disciples out, go lay hands on the sick. Come on, you're going to see them recover. Cast out demons, and they'll get casted out. Preach the good news and bring hope. And they come back, and they're amped, and they're pumped, and that graph keeps going up. There's a few little dips in there. He goes to walk on water, and he's pumped, and then he has a wavering moment, and then he keeps his eyes still on Jesus. And then there's like the tabernacle, um, the, um, yeah, what is that thing where they appear? Uh, the transfiguration is what I want to say. And then he's there and, and Jesus and Moses and Elijah, they're all hanging out. And Peter has this great idea. Let's build a couple of houses for these guys to live in and hang out on the mountain. And God speaks. So that he speaks to Peter. You know, bring it all back to Jesus, Peter. Bring it all back to Jesus. And he has a little bit of a downward slide there. And then as we get closer and closer to Jesus going on the cross, it gets a little bit wonky there. And all of a sudden, he cuts off a guy's ear when they come to arrest Jesus. And then as Jesus has been arrested, Peter goes through denying Christ three times. A young girl says, hey, weren't you one of the guys who hung around with Jesus? No, 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 not me. And then another, it says another woman approached him and said, hey, are you one of his disciples? Me? Not me? Nah, could, must be another guy who looks a bit like me. His name's not Peter, it's Eda. And so he's like, he's got all these things going on, and then <laughs> it was terrible. Anyway, <laughs> I had attempted it anyway. And then all of a sudden, like he denies three times. And the scripture, and I'll get to that scripture a little bit later, but it says he swore curse, so the Bible uses those words out, and says, I didn't even know who this man Jesus is. And then he really plummets off the bottom of the graph. And I, I want to show you this because Jesus goes on a journey, restores him, but promises if you just wait for the Holy Spirit, wait to be empowered, wait to be spirit-led, 
Wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then you see that line and it just goes up. He preaches the greatest message of his life. He goes on, he, 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 his shadow, you know, he, just crazy stuff. He'd be walking down the street and his shadow heals people and all this crazy kind of miracles happen. But I show you this with Peter because I think I can kind of relate to this guy. I can relate to where my faith's on fire. And I can relate to the circumstances of life that throw up. And I don't even know sometimes, God, are you in this? I never forget journeying. My mum uh, passed away many, many years ago from cancer, but it was two and a half years she fought cancer. And the hardest question I had to answer, because I'm the pastor in the family, I'm the youngest of six kids, but I'm the pastor, is when she, in her dying days, she grabs me and says, is Jesus going to heal me? Whoa. This is mum. I don't know about you, but your parents are just meant to live forever. Like, I know they don't. Like, no one gets out alive. We get that. Foo Fighters remind us. That. It's a lyric. You can look it up later. But, man, to say, hey, maybe your healing's on the other side of eternity. And then she felt released three days later. She passed away. And I just go, we go through these seasons. And I want to say the Holy Spirit makes all the difference. It says this, when you receive, you receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses. Everybody say witnesses. Amen. Witnesses. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and right through to New Zealand. And that's what's amazing about the Word of God is it's where to be witnesses. So what I want to really get to, the big idea this morning is I want to talk about witness tampering. I want to talk about witness tampering. I'm not going to go there anywhere controversial. A few weeks ago, I was chatting with someone in our church who's involved in the New Zealand uh, legal system. And they couldn't tell me a lot of details uh, because of the confidentiality nature of, of the situation. All they could say is there's a, uh, they were involved in a prominent uh, law case at the moment that's happening, that's out of the media. And they said the problem is the key witnesses disappeared. The key witnesses disappeared. And where someone probably should be getting charged and locked away for, for a life sentence, they just can't find the key witness. And this thing about witness tampering has occurred. Now, um, witness tampering is the act of attempting to alter or prevent the testimony of a witness. Okay, you got that? You're with me on this one? Okay, Peter. So, so Peter, we look at this guy called Peter, this great apostle who on the day of Pentecost preaches his epic uh, sermon and so many people's lives get transformed. Peter, this is the same Peter who then, uh, before Jesus goes to the cross, he says he begins to curse and swear and say, I don't even know the man. Come on, Pete. Three and a half years you've been hanging out with Jesus. Three and a half years you've been coming to church. Three and a half years you go home and you put petrol in your car and the person at the service station says, how's your weekend? Are you good? What you been up to? Oh, not much. See, the thing is, the enemy's always trying to silence us as witnesses. The enemy's always trying to silence us as witnesses. See, the enemy loves to tamper with the witnesses. I want to tell you some good news right now. You, right now, are the best witnesses we have here in Auckland. 
in Tauranga. You're the best witnesses we have in Tauranga. Like you're a believer. If you're not a believer, we're gonna give you an opportunity to accept Christ at the end of this service and see your life transformed by the power of God. But the enemy just tampers with the witnesses. And I don't know about you, sometimes it can be a little bit like this plane stuck in a forest. We all know planes don't fly in a forest. It's kind of obvious, isn't it? The picture's kind of obvious. But the enemy wants to ground you in a place that you feel like I'm just here for the rest of my days. The enemy likes to come at times and just say, hey, you remember what you did last summer? Remember what you did? Yeah, 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 you're no very good witness. Remember how you had a magnum ice cream on the fast? (laughs) Yeah, you're the one. You're the reason why you're not getting a building breakthrough. What? Hey, just pause for a moment. I really want to apologize to the team right now. Like, if I really am the one who's just messed this whole thing up. So sorry. It was a good magnum. I can't remember. Do you remember what they were? They were like the white... Anyway, let's not go there. And so, yeah, I, don't, I just... This is how the devil works. And he works behind the scenes going, come on, who are you to get up there? Come on, if only people really knew the real you, you don't deserve to be on roster. Come on. You know, we get encouraged around giving. And then the enemy comes and says, no, you can't afford that. I challenge to say the word of God provokes you to say you can't afford not to give. Why would you not want windows of heaven open over your life? Why would you not... Why would you want to stop the thing that God wants to bless you through so it actually brings glory to Him? And and, and so much of our life is like this. We're trying to stay afloat, but we're going down. You know that terrible thought? Wow, if we're going down, we might as well really go down with a bang. I'm quite competitive by nature. Okay, this is true. And and, um, the danger with that competitive nature He's like, if we can't win, man, I'm going to sabotage this whole thing so nobody wins. <laughs> but you know, the devil's just like that. Like, he's been defeated at the cross. Yeah. And, the, and, and every time we gather together, we again remind the devil you've been defeated. Yeah. You don't have any victory. You don't have any hold over us. Right. Come on, our chains are broken off of addiction. Yeah. Our things that have kept us bound, we've been released from. We're no longer captive to situations. We're taking every thought captive and we're going to give it back to God and give God a shout of praise and breakthrough. And the devil wants to come and remind you. He wants to tamper with the witnesses. And he's about witness tampering so that you won't be a voice to this city. I'll do my best to share this story. That's a terrible story, so if I get emotional, you're with me, okay? So, it's a terrible story. Friday night, this happens all the time though. So Friday night, I'm at the concert and I go to slip off to the men's room. And there's, there's a couple, again, my age. And the guy's trying to smuggle the girl in the toilet cubicle just because they want to get their kicks. And she's like holding her head down in shame, walking past us, walking past me a few times. And she walks past me and says, I'm sorry. 
And they're about to go hook up in a cubicle of all places because that's where a generation's at. Everything within me just wanted to be sick because I'm a pastor. This is what our world's like. It's trying to gloss it all up, but it's actually dying on the inside. And that, I just can't shake that whole thing. But I didn't say anything. And I'm not here to beat myself up, but I just wish I'd managed to get the words out. You're worth more than this. The problem is we get stuck in our judgmental attitudes. Well, at least I'm not like that. And the problem is we walk by all people all the time going, oh my goodness, what is wrong with this world? But you are the witness of hope. Yeah, good. Good. You're the only light in a dark world. And I kind of wish my light was a bit brighter on Friday night, that I was a little bit more in tune with being spirit-led and just going, hey, come on, you're worth more than this. Maybe that whole circumstance might have still gone ahead. Maybe she might have turned around and walked out and thought, actually, I am worth more than this moment. Because I can tell you this moment will cost more than this moment in your world. And this is what the enemy is trying to do. He's trying to silence us as witnesses. But come on, God's grace and mercy is new every day. And I think that's why we relate to Peter. Peter, the guy who literally we think, oh my goodness, I think Pete's hit the point of no return. Like if Pete was on team, cut Pete. Don't put him on the roster next week. Like just cover up this whole mess. And Jesus doesn't do that. Like it's a bit of a big deal to walk with Jesus and then get to somewhere in the mess of it, just start to think, oh my goodness, this could cost my life. A little bit ironically, it was only a few days later before he said, Jesus, I'll lay down my life for you. You shouldn't go to the cross. I'll go to the cross. And then when the push comes to shove, when it all comes to the crunch moment, he has a, a moment of weakness. But I love this. It says, when the Father sends the advocate, that's the Holy Spirit, as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit. He said, he'll teach you everything and remind you of everything that I have told you. Come on, my grace is sufficient for you. Jesus is gonna remind you of the word of God. And he's gonna remind you there's hope. And he's gonna remind you that, come on, even though you stumble and fall sometimes, come on, you can get back up. And we can do this thing again. God is not looking for perfect people, but he's looking for people who'll stick to the process. It says he's, he, you are being transformed from glory to glory to glory. In other words, you should be progressing forward. Sometimes I know it feels like one step forward, two step back, three step forward, one step back. But just keep mo- moving forward. Just keep momentum. Just keep getting back up. Keep showing up. The best thing you can do is keep showing up to church. Even if you don't feel worthy, just keep showing up. You're more worthy than you realize. Don't believe the lie of the enemy who's trying to do witness tampering. Because there's a point where, come on, you can live in freedom. You can live in victory. You can live in that space where you had the fruit of the Holy Spirit 
working through you. I love this passage in Revelation. It says they overcame him, that's the devil, by the blood of the lamb, that's Jesus, and the word of their testimony. It says they did not love their lives even to death. They got a testimony. You've got a testimony. You're a witness. You are amazing. You're, you're, you're light to everyone's dark world. When you show up on Monday, come on, go be spirit-led. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. You're not meant to do this thing in your own strength. Isn't that good news? Man, in my own strength, I just make a mess all the time. I'm like Peter. I blurt out stuff all the time. And then I think about it later. My, my kids have learned that dad's first reaction isn't always dad's last reaction or his best reaction. And once I've had a time to process it, okay, got my head around how this is going to work. And, and so the thing is, you've got a testimony. I just think if it took 120 people waiting on the day of Pentecost and then this worldwide revolution happened, man, with all the people here, man, what could we see happen? What could we do? And I want to encourage you, don't let the enemy tamper with you as a witness. Don't let the devil bring back to memory the things that you've fallen short. Again, that's what repentance is. It's coming to God with genuine repentance, saying, God, forgive me. Then you know that you're forgiven because of everything Jesus did on the cross. You don't need to stay in that, while my, I'm lower than a worm mentality. You need a brokenness, and then God can rebuild you. And let's always believe that the, the new is always going to be better than the old. So being a witness is linked to the power of the Holy Spirit working through you. Remember, it said wait. And then when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to be witnesses. And I just think there's this thing about we can be amazing witnesses for Jesus. You can be an amazing minister of the gospel, ministry in the hands of every believer, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, because there's something going to be attractive about you. You know those fruits of the Holy Spirit? Love, joy, peace, gentleness. They're actually attractive. You get attracted to people like that in life, don't you? The people who are miserable, cranky, you know, discontented. They're kind of the people you go, oh, a bit prickly, let's stay away from them. But something about the fruits of the Holy Spirit, and that's what I love about Peter. So Peter has this, he has this moment, he blows it all. Jesus takes him on a process of restoration. Three times Jesus asks Peter over, cooking over a barbecue with some fish. He says, do you love me, Pete? Yeah, I do. Do you love me? Yes, Jesus, I love you. And, and maybe because Peter denied Jesus three times, Jesus goes there for a third. Come on, mate. Do you really love me? Yes, you know I do. And he has this moment. His pride is broken. He's humble. And then Jesus goes, now we can use you, Pete. I tell you what, stick around for a few more days in Jerusalem. Just press in and pray after I've left. And then something phenomenal is going to happen. Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. You thought the whole show's over. You thought you've messed up so bad that you've blown it beyond the point of no return. But I tell you, the best is yet to come. Pete, you've got no idea what's coming. Just hang on for the roller coaster of your ride, but just listen to my voice. 
be spirit-led, and trust me. And then Peter gets up in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, preaches this amazing message, and he says, in essence, he says, he's in the last day, God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all people. Sons, daughters will prophesy, young men see vision, old men dream dreams. In those days, I'll pour out my spirit, even on all my servants, men, women alike will prophesy. And he goes on to say, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Fast forward right through his message. Peter preaches about the, how they crucified Jesus, but how Jesus was the Messiah. He came and he died. He rose again for the forgiveness of their sin. And then he is going to come back and he's going to return and usher in the whole kingdom of God. But until then, he says, each you must repent of your sins, turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is to you and your children and to those far away. And he goes on to say, save yourselves from this crooked generation. And those who believed and were baptized on that day added to the church 3,000. And that's why Peter's quite amazing. This guy who just messes it all up. And just when you thought you couldn't mess it up anymore, Jesus says, come on, Pete. The best is yet to come. When you get the Holy Spirit upon you, I'm going to give you, I'm going to speak to you. You're going to have boldness. You're going to have courage. You're going to be given words. You're going to lay hands on the sick. You're going to see crazy miracles. And we're like, come on, God. I want to see that. And I just think the challenge this morning, I want to invite the band to come and join me. This thing around witness tampering. Where is the enemy trying to tamper with your witness? Where right now have you been hearing those words? Come on. You're not going to make it. You're not good enough. If only people knew what you'd done in the past. Sometimes I think I'm not a very good pastor. I sit with a lot of people, and a lot of people confess their sins. And I have a tendency to laugh in the moment. Just putting that out there. Very inappropriate times to laugh. But sometimes I laugh because I'm like, people get all agitated and worked up and eventually get it out. And I know it's a huge deal to get it out in the open because the enemy loves to keep everything in the shadows. And as long as he keeps everything in the shadows, it's going to stop you from being a witness. It's going to stop you from moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's going to stop you from being spirit-led and having the fruits of the Holy Spirit outworked in your life. You know, sometimes when people get their sins out, you go, ah, oh, is that all? Oh, we can work with that. And that's probably why I laugh. Oh, is that all? When people confess their darkest moments, Oh, we can work with that. Why? Because God works with that. See, the very thing you think is so terrible, God goes, oh, I can work with that. I can make you the greatest witness on the planet Earth. If you did it for Peter, he'll do it for you. Here's what I think. You can all stand your feet. If we're being spirit-led, there's going to be the evidence of the Holy Spirit at work in your life. Those fruits, love, joy, peace, kindness, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. They're never going to make a law against those things because we need more of it. And the scripture of our series is actually from this one in Zechariah. It just says this, you're not going to succeed by your might or by your power. It's only going to happen by my spirit. See, we've got a whole city to reach. 
a whole city. What an amazing city. With all those streaming, your city, you've got a city to reach. And we've also got another generation we've got to reach. And this is only going to happen because of you. You are the witnesses. And you can be empowered by the Holy Spirit this morning, set free, experience God's amazing grace and mercy. And you can be an amazing witness for Jesus. I love when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. You get boldness. Come on, you get courage. Just think about that for a moment. How many times are you... I love doing all my pastoral meetings in cafes. First of all, none of you are going to throw a tantrum in a cafe and storm out. <laughs> it's the secret of success right there. But I love freely talking about Jesus in cafes. See, years and years ago, we'd rock up in cafes and go, oh, how, was, how was church? Hey, good. Like, how's Jesus? Hey, good. And we'd try to talk code in a cafe and then one day it's like come on Holy Spirit get a hold of me change me and I just sit there now and I go how's church how's Jesus how's the Holy Spirit moving in your life talk about it like it's any other conversation in the cafe no one cares anyway in the cafe about what you're talking about but there is a guy that Manuel and I have been hanging out in a coffee house not over the fast but before the fast we were hanging out in this coffee house and this guy would just eavesdrop in on our conversations every Sunday afternoon. And the other week when I went there, he pulled up a chair beside me and goes, can I ask you some questions? You never know who's listening. You never know who's God's getting a hold of. But I can tell you, don't let the devil silence you as a witness. Okay? Because your hope, your light, you carry the presence of Jesus. In fact, you're here to bring heaven to earth to a generation who's going through a living hell.